You're listening to Late Norman Talk with Jonathan Weiner and Chuck Austin. Unscripted and real conversations with business leaders and marketing pros. We are back today in the studio with our guest, Erica Erlenbach, attorney with McIntosh Law Firm. Erica, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So, you're a lawyer. I am. Awesome. I love attorneys. I, I was told early on you have no seriously, Chuck. You have to you have to tr- have three people in your back pocket at all times. Right. You have to have an attorney, an insurance person, and a doctor. You have to know three good those people in your world. Otherwise, you know. How about a local cop so you can get out of a ticket? <laughs> Tons of local helpful? cops. Okay, yeah, gotcha. absolutely. All right. So, Erica, all kidding aside, um, talk about you know what you do as an attorney and maybe uh, your firm's specialty. So we are a multi-practice firm, meaning different attorneys practice in various areas. I personally practice in real estate, estate planning, and business. In that, with the real estate, for instance, I do both residential and commercial work. But all of my work is transactional in all three of my practices. So I am not a litigator. We do have a number of litigators at the firm practicing in various areas as well. And, And when did you guys get started? The firm has been around for over 20 years, and I have been there for over 12 and a half. Awesome. So um, what's some of the things that you can, we'll just d- dig into maybe some, uh, some, some interesting stories, if you will, that you can share <laughs> that are <laughs> non, non-confidential um, about you know, being an attorney or something interesting that you can share just right off the cuff? You know, being an attorney is an exciting practice. Um, A lot of people think of us in a negative way. Um, Even today, I believe some of the first experiences individuals have with attorneys are unfortunately negative. But surprisingly, it is one of the best ways to help someone. Usually when someone's coming to an attorney, it's because there is a great need for that. And so especially in my practice where it's transactional work, I'm able to actually help someone, you know, buy a house or start a business. negotiate for a a better salary and pay, Um, you know, help them prepare their families if if something is going to happen to them. And that is such, it's such a, it's such a way of serving. And I, and I love that. That's, that's a big part of who I am. So I just, I I love what the practice is for me. So what are the the biggest questions that people have in the way outside of real estate? Because, you know, that's a, that's a constant, but I noticed that you do estate planning, and most people have not done this. You know, uh, as a percentage of the population, they, you know, they do not have a will, or when something unfortunate happens, they finally decide, okay, well, we need to get this stuff in place. Do you see a lot of rush to do that at the last minute? Is is that really what causes a bad situation? bringing people to you? Great. Um, It's a great question. Unfortunately, sometimes individuals are in that pressure cooker where they're having to come in because there is unfortunately something negative um, happening in their lives. If someone is sick and suddenly they they understand that they're going to need some of these documents in place, suddenly there's this pressure to get it done. And we, of course, would much prefer someone have the time to actually look at it, think about it before they come in and not feel that pressure of, hey, I have to hurry up and get in and get it done. You know, one of the biggest questions people ask us is, what happens if I don't have these documents in place? And the reality is, the impact could be great or it could be insignificant. It really depends on that individual's, you know, 
individual circumstances. So in a situation where someone has assets and they've passed away, if what they would want to, you know, have happen with those assets is it would go down to, you know, their closest living heirs, well, okay, that's what the state would do anyway. But what about a circumstance where they're ill first and they need someone coming in and making decisions for them? If you don't have those documents in place with the HIPAA laws, someone wouldn't be able to act. Right. And if you have to go through probate, that is a tedious process and mm -hmm. it's not fun. It's, mm -hmm. uh, it's somewhat like uh, trying to get out of a speeding ticket. It's actually a lot worse, times that by 10. But it's really hard to describe to people. Can you... Sure. Tell everyone a little bit about that. Sure. So, you know, in probate, probate has gotten sort of a negative connotation. Um, you are correct. It can be very tedious, but it really depends on how well planned you are. If you have your documents in place, you will still go through probate, but it should be much smoother because you're not having to identify heirs at that point. At that point, we know who's supposed to get what. We can account for the assets that we have. You know, that's a big part of planning. Most people don't think of planning for for what the ultimate result is. We don't do that planning for us. We're doing it for the people that we're leaving behind. And if you think about it more from that approach, that those are the individuals that you're wanting to benefit, you would see that that process can be a lot smoother by you know putting certain things in place up front. You can also utilize things like living trusts, which can help us avoid what assets would be probated. Right, right. And it's a tough time because when it comes time to have Absolutely. to settle in a state and go through that probate process, it's difficult because you're already emotionally strained, uh, maybe mentally strained. You're 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 tired, uh, and uh, and you're not in the business of doing that work. That's right. And then so, you're going to have to hire an attorney at that time, maybe possibly mm -hmm. to help you figure it out. And by that time, it may be too late. Now you're forced to go through that process. You're exactly right. You know, the last thing you want to do is have to put your family and your loved ones in a position of having to make decisions and jump through hoops to handle your business. And that's really what estate planning is about. Let's take care of that up front. I mean, you can go so far as to actually make final wishes regarding, you know, what type of a service you would want. Take all of that off your family. So uh, for those out there that maybe are looking to do this, um, what do they look like? I mean, are they married? Are they, how old are they? Like, where, 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 when should people get started to think about doing something like this? That is an excellent question. Um, honestly, if you're 18 years old, you should have your health care power of attorney in place. And the reason is once you're 18, your parents can't make decisions for you. Again, with the way the HIPAA laws are, if you want a doctor to be able to release information to a parent, if something were to happen to you, you need to have that document in place. Really, you're going to want to get a will once you start getting assets, right? And it could be anything minimal. It could be anything from, hey, I bought a car. I want to know where my car is going to go if something happens to me. Um, you definitely want your health care documents. You want your durable power of attorney, which is a financial power of attorney that would allow someone that you've named to step in and handle your finances and legal affairs if you're incapacitated for some reason. It's very similar to the health care power of attorney. Um, you would want both of those, you know, at 18, but then the will really once you've got some assets. So you touched on, you know, why you like to do what you do and being in the service, you know, role of helping somebody. What's your least favorite part about being an attorney? Having to bill for my work. I want to get paid, but I hate having to tell someone that they have to pay me to do it. 
so so pro bono. It sounds like where it's at. <laughs> well, and interestingly, our firm does a lot of pro bono. Um, you know, if if there's someone that is a police officer, uh, fire, active military, we we actually do general estate planning for them pro bono. Mm. Um, it's one of our ways of giving back, and our, we want to support our community because the community is the one that supports us. That's awesome. So you also do commercial, right, in a small business? Yes. Is that uh, incorporation? Is that uh, buy sell agreements? Tell, tell us a little bit about that. That's everything. Yeah, it's everything transactional. If if you are looking to start a business or in a business, there are going to be needs that you as the business have, and that is a big part of what we do as well. Um, interestingly, you know, my practice areas have a tendency to overlap, and they overlap primarily because you look at something like, for instance, a small business. If, you ha- if you're a small business, you perhaps are either buying or renting a space. I mean, this is a perfect example, your facility here, which is gorgeous. I mean, you've got this space, you as a small business that have this space are dealing with real estate, and it's commercial real estate on that end. You're also an individual, so you might need your individual estate planning. But also, as a business, you're going to have business needs, whether it's releases, whether it's contracts, whether it's succession planning in the business itself, meaning what happens to the business if you pass on. Yeah, there's a lot of spouses who are not business people, Mm -hmm. and they don't want anything to do with the business. And then something unfortunate happens, and that's typically when we least expect it. And when that happens, they're like, what do I do with this? And that the value of the business as an asset can go down. There's bills that they don't know about getting paid or agreements that have been made. Do you, have you seen the dark side of that or had to deal with that? Unfortunately, yes. You know, and it, it is. It's, it's disappointing when you see that someone spent so much of their life trying to build this business. I mean, that was a legacy for them. And, you know, if, if, they have a horrible injury or they pass away and that business can't continue to operate, the individual that you're asking to step in, and certainly in the case of a spouse, if they don't know the business, that legacy just depletes. And it's disappointing. How about partnerships? Absolutely. This is a big one. Uh, Most business partnerships, most businesses don't make it past five years. Um, but most partnerships don't make it. And, you know, there's many, 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 many business owners that have gone through many, many, many partners. Tell me about that and what you can do to avoid potential issues. I am a big fan of communication. I think communication is key. And when you, if, if you and someone decide you want to start a business, if you can sit down and actually hammer out what the roles are going to be, who's going to be in charge of what, and put that on paper. I am a big believer in paper. Um, you know, it's not a matter of not trusting someone. It's a matter of memories change over time. I mean, you can see it in your regular life, right? Yeah. Oh, I, I remember you told me that, but I can't remember exactly what it was. Well, it's the same thing if three years from now, you know, we had a certain agreement and three years from now, we're trying to remember exactly what that agreement was. If we don't have it down on paper your memory of that is going to be different than mine. And so for me, it's really key to get whatever that agreement is on paper, and let's try to look at what are the potential ramifications of these decisions, where are the potential loopholes or things that we've missed. That's really the the key thing to a partnership agreement. 
Right. And and that actually, I've heard many attorneys describe it because they're talking about, uh, you know, how what is the calculation of valuation upon an exit? You know, what are the exit points and what would cause an exit? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what happens if someone were to maybe be uh, in a mental state that they could no longer run the business? What is that defined by? Uh, or maybe they did something that was against the law, yep. you know, and it could put the business in jeopardy. Uh, or what happens, and this is the big one, I think, what happens if something happens to one of the owners and once the owner is no longer here, let's say that they pass away, mm. now you're in business with your partner's spouse. It, that's exactly Or their right. heir. That's exactly And uh, they could just take the business under. Or the, the other person could agree not to pay them anything. That's right. I mean, and that's all the more reason to have something on paper, right? Right. Because if, if we're going to invest the time, effort, and money to go into business together then we should know what is going to happen in those circumstances. That's exactly what those agreements are for. I'm curious, Erica, um, you know, and I have a, um, I have a client that's uh, a, a partner in a law firm. There's three of them. And, um, you know, you guys have your legal work to do all day, every day. A lot of paperwork, a lot of administrative, <laughs> a lot of phone calls, yes. a lot of consulting. But, you know, as any, any successful uh, you know, business person or, or, or specialist, like a, even a physician or, or lawyer, you have to be somewhat, uh, you have to be somewhat of a salesperson in a sense too. So I'm curious how you guys do it, um, how you get new business. Uh, we were talking before the podcast about networking. Mm-hmm. Um, what's working for you guys? What's not, what can you share with other uh, firms like you? That's a great question. Um, you know, what we have learned is doing excellent work brings us the most business because word of mouth is huge. And so we always strive to do excellent work. Beyond that, making sure that we are being out and involved in the community. And we do that primarily through supporting local events in the community and supporting local nonprofits in the community. Um, All of our attorneys serve on various nonprofit boards. We also get involved in the chamber, the local chamber, In addition to that, most of us also participate in some type of networking groups. I'm in a number of different networking groups because for me, I think it's very important that people get to know me as the individual. Who do you refer to? The people you know, like, and trust. Well, if I'm out there and people get to know me, hopefully they will like me and trust me enough to send me that referral. And if they do, and I do excellent work, that should into more. Great segue. So let's get to know you then. We're at a networking event. No law right now. What do you like to do when you're not uh, working? Um, I like to climb mountains. I just did that. I just climbed Kilimanjaro. That's right. Um, I did, yes, through Rotary, through one of my uh, groups where I serve. And we raised money to end polio. So it was amazing. This great group of Seven women. That's awesome. I remember emailing Erica, Chuck, and we were trying to get her in on the last uh, recording. And she's like, sorry, but I'll be busy count or climbing mountains. <laughs> Very cool. What else do you like to do? Um, I like to spend time with my friends. I love breweries and being able <laughs> to check out any new local breweries. Um, I'm a big, a big supporter of buy local. So when there are new restaurants, I like to be one of those people that goes in, hey, let's try it, see what's you know, see what it's all about. Again, because it's my way of being out in the community, and those folks are the ones that would be coming to me anyway. So why wouldn't I do that and enjoy it? Um, I've got a dog who's amazing, and we love running around and being out and about in, in 
the outside. So I try to do a lot of that and bring the pup to the breweries with me. Oh, that's cool. So you must, what is it called? Lucky Dog? Is yes. That, you go there? Yeah. He is there at daycare right now. <laughs> that's awesome. Very cool. It's awesome. So you went to California Western Law School? Yes. And then University of Wisconsin. So you've been all over the place. Yes. Are you originally from Wisconsin? I am. My dad worked for the University of Wisconsin school system. Wow. So we moved around from one college town to another. Um, and then when I went, after I graduated from college and I was looking at law schools, I said, hey, I want to. I want to try something new. <laughs> Are you a Green Bay fan? Absolutely. Uh, another. Absolutely. They've all landed here, it seems. <laughs> I have a Wisconsin story for you I'll share after the episode. Okay. Yes. Green Bay fan for sure. That's awesome. Erica, what else do you want to share about uh, your firm or anything exciting going on this fall? Any events you guys are sponsoring? Anything that you'd like the uh, our community to know about? There's a lot of great events happening out at Rural Hill, um, those that don't know. Bob McIntosh, who's our senior partner at the firm, is Scottish and is in very very involved out at Rural Hill, which is where the Highland Games are held every spring. Um, there's going to be a whiskey, scotch whiskey, tasting um, coming up. I believe it's next month, so be on the lookout for that out at Rural Hill. They have some great events out there. They also do the Amazing Maze Maze will be coming out there as well. Um, the Chamber is going to have their golf tournament in October. We are the primary sponsor this year for that. Um, and the Business Expo is coming up in uh, early October. So be on the lookout for that as well. We have a lot of our nonprofits that are going to be having events, galas, and whatnot coming up. So, you know, if you go to our firm website, we always try to post that on the firm website, www.themacintoshlawfirm.com. Very cool. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you so much uh, for having me. Yeah, for those out there that need some legal counsel in, in the different areas that you guys uh, do, what is the best way for someone to contact you? Just give us a call, 704-892-1699. They will direct you to the appropriate attorney at that time. You're also welcome to go on the website and submit a question via our form. Thanks again, Erica. Thank you.